Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just gotta turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Father, we thank you today for your word. Father, we... Don't take your word for granted. And Lord, we know that we can learn, Father, from your word. Father, you speak to us in so many ways. We pray today that you will touch our hearts, that you will minister to our mind. God, that we would just open our hearts and mind to you today to receive all that you have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. An interesting story. Just a bit of background. So... The Syrian army king, Ben-Hadad, he decided that he was going to lay siege to the city of Samaria. So he sends his entire army to surround the city. So therefore, the king and all his people in Samaria had to stay within the gate of the city. They couldn't go out, and they, nobody came in. They were there with whatever means they had was inside that city wall. And as you can see, as time went on, food became very scarce. There was no food left, and they began to kill their animals. As we read in this passage, we see at the end of the story, they said, let's send five of the remaining horses. What do you think happened to the horses? It's believed that they ate the horses because they ran out of food. It was a terrible time. You know, you just wonder exactly what it would have been like to be in that day when there was just nothing left. People began to lose hope. The donkey's head was sold for 80 pieces of silver. 80 pieces of silver is about $45. And the dove's dung, a cup of dove's dung, was sold for about $3. So you know, the money was, there was no money. There was nothing there. They were in the city and they were starving to death. So obviously things got very bad. Now, why would God remove his protective hand from his people? This was Israel. This was his people, his chosen people. But as we read the story, you don't see anybody, there's no record of anybody crying out to God. They're not crying out to God. They're just making do with what they have. They're doing what they can do to survive. So when we, as, as God's people, when we don't seek God, when we're not crying out to God, can you not see, then he can remove his protective hand and, and terrible things can happen in that time. But we thank you 
you know, we thank God because there are blessings for obedience. He says there's curses for disobedience. But now the city gates, they were locked and everyone was in the city gates. I would like to highlight a few characters today. You know, the story begins with a tragic story, a desperate mother. A desperate mother, as the king's walking along the wall, she cries out, Oh, king, can you help me? And he says, he looks at her and he says, What can I do for you? What can I do for you today? I don't have anything to give you. But he did say, What is your problem? So she begins to tell the king what had happened. She said, This woman came to me and said, why don't we kill your son today and we'll eat him? And then tomorrow we'll kill mine and we can eat him. So she declares that that's exactly what they did. She ate and ki killed and ate her baby. Now that's a desperate woman. That's a desperate woman. And I looked up desperate. Um, desperate is being hopeless. It's despairing. It's anguish. You're distressed. You're downcast. You're overcome. So she was at her wit's end. She, she didn't know what to do. So she was desperate. And the king, when he heard her story, he, he tore his robes and left. But you know, when we get desperate and we begin to try and figure things out on our own, that's exactly what she did. She tried to work out her problem herself. She tried to figure things out. And we can do the same thing. When we have problems in our life, when we have situations come our way, what do we do? Do we try and figure things out on our own? Do we try and make a plan? Do we try and strategize to see what we can do to rectify our problem? Maybe we go to man. She called out to the king. She didn't know what else to do. Of course, he was the king of, of Samaria there. He was the man who could make things happen. But in this time, there's nothing the king could do for her. There's nothing. But she called out, and she was so desperate that she gave her son. I have to ask myself, how could you do that? How could you take your own son? I mean, cannibalism isn't very often heard of. But they were desperate. She took her son and took her, his life to spare her own life. That's sad, you know. That is a very sad story. Unheard of. I mean, I always thought, you know, with my kids, I would lay down my life for my kids. No matter what, if I could spare them, I would spare them. Difficulties. But this woman, they weren't looking to God. She was looking to her own means, looking to man, looking to someone else who could make their problem go away. We can't do that. As God's people, we have to look to God in our time of trouble. If we can learn to just depend on God and rely on God to answer us in our time of need, not to try and figure things out on our own. And God is our only hope. God is our only answer. So we see the king, he's walking around the wall. He's probably surveying the city just to see how things are, how bad things have gotten. And he's walking around, and this woman calls out to him. And it says, you know, he tore his robes. He tore his robes. And he said that day, if Elisha's head remains on his shoulders today, he vowed that he would kill him that day because he blamed Elisha for doing, for bringing this upon their city. 
The king was an angry man. He was angry. He didn't seek the Lord. It didn't say that he sought the Lord. It didn't say he cried out to the Lord. He blamed Elisha. He blamed Elisha for this calamity coming upon their city. Can you imagine being the ruler and in charge and in control of your city, being the king? And there's nothing you can do to help your people. There's nothing you can do. Your hands are tied. There's no food. There's no money. There's no hope. The king was angry. He said, I'm going to kill Elisha. As the king walked around the city, the people noticed that he had sackcloth underneath his robe. Now, the customary thing to do when you were in trouble, when things were bad, as the Israelites, they would wear sackcloth, but on the outside. They would put it on the outside of their clothes. And sackcloth was a, a symbol of mourning and repentance. The king wore it underneath his clothes. He didn't really have a broken and contrite heart. God is looking for a broken and contrite heart. He's looking for hearts that will just say, Lord, just call out to God. But he was angry. He, you know, he, he had outward appearance of righteousness. We can have outward appearance of righteousness. We can. We can come to church. We can sing the songs. We can say the right things. But God is looking for the inward righteousness. He's looking for people with hearts that are righteous from the inside out. And when we become righteous from the inside out, that is when God is pleased with us. Amen? Yes. So the king was angry. He said, this day, I'm going to see that Elisha's head is removed from his shoulders because this calamity has come upon us because of him. Now, we know that he was a prophet. Elisha was a prophet. He was a seer. So it is believed in history that he proclaimed the famine. It's believed that, you know, Elisha said there's going to be a famine. He warned them. Even though it doesn't say that in our account, that's what is believed that Elisha declared there would be a famine. So he was angry at him. He said to the woman, what can I do for you? Only God can help you. Only God. So he did recognize that only God could help in this difficult time. So Elisha, we see he's sitting there in, the, in his house. He's sitting in his house with the elders all around him. And when they're sitting there talking, he says, oh, a messenger is coming right now. A murderer sent him to take my head off. God had given him a revelation. God had given him that revelation. Elisha was a faith-filled man. He had faith. He had faith, and, and what is faith? Faith is trusting. Faith is believing. Faith is conviction. It's reliance and dependence on God. Faith is persuasion. We're persuaded. He was persuaded that God would come through. He was persuaded that God is who he said he was. He is persuaded that God would do what he said he would do. But he said, there's a, there's a murderer coming to take my head off. Lock the door. He said to the, to the elders, lock the door. Lock it. Don't let him in because his master's right behind him. He was waiting for the king to come before he declared the word of the Lord. So they lock the door, and just even as they're speaking, the man arrives at the door. He arrives at the door. God gives him this revelation and prepares Elisha. But as he comes in, when he realizes the king is there, the, he said, 
right before the king. King was there. The messenger was there. Elisha says, this time tomorrow, this time tomorrow, uh, 12 quarts of fine flour will be sell, sold for six pieces, or one piece of silver. 12 quarts of fine flour will be sold for one piece of silver. Six quarts, or maybe it's opposite, I'm sorry. 12, maybe it's six and then 12 quarts of barley were sold for one piece of silver. So he says, he declares the famine will be over. The king, he doesn't say anything. King doesn't say a word, but Elisha, he stood fast. You know, Elisha was such a man of faith, and yet he was in the city walls, just suffering with the rest of the people. He was with his people. He, he sat there. Sometimes God will cause us to go through very devastating, difficult times, even though we are righteous. We know Job, he suffered a lot. He was righteous. And Elisha was there. He wasn't hiding out in the wilderness. He was there, going through the famine, going through things just as everyone else was. He, you know, there's, and, and nothing, he had nothing, just like the, the people had nothing. So Elisha was faith-filled. He stood in faith. He said, this time tomorrow, the Lord will open the windows of heaven and, and the famine will be over. So I want to be like Elisha. I want to have faith like Elisha. I want to be so steadfast that no matter what comes my way, no matter what it looks like, I stand serving God, believing God, hoping in God. Where else can we go? When we learn that walk, see, Elisha learned that walk. He followed Elijah all around, and he asked for a double portion of his spirit. Elisha had the double portion of Elisha. We saw so many miracles with him, but he was steadfast. When we can learn to be steadfast in our faith, no mountain that comes our way, no difficulty will move us. We will be immovable. It doesn't mean we don't have emotions. It doesn't mean we don't have our breakdown and we cry out, but we cry out to God. We don't run to man. We don't look to others. We look to God. But as Elisha said and declared the famine would be over, we see the royal officer who came with the king. And what did he say? He mocked him. He laughed at him. He said, even if God himself were to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, this couldn't happen by tomorrow. He was laughing at Elisha. He was mocking his prophetic word that God gave him. He mocked God. He laughed at God. And what did Elisha say? He'll see it, but you won't taste of it. You're going to see it, but you're not going to taste of it. Oh boy, I don't want to have unbelief. I don't want to have unbelief. Unbelief can keep us from experiencing so much that God has for us. Unbelief is absence of faith it's skepticism, it's disbelief, lack of religious belief, and it's suspicious. Amen? Have you ever been around people who just don't believe? They're always suspicious. They don't, you know, they don't have any faith. In fact, if you're around them too much, they can wear you down. 
They can bring you down. But no, I want to be a man or a woman of God that is full of faith, not unbelief. Unbelief can stop us from receiving the things that God desires to do. God can give you a prophetic word. God can declare certain things to your life. But if you don't believe it, if you don't say, God, I'm having faith, doesn't mean we don't shrink back. It doesn't mean that we don't have times where we doubt but we get back up and we say, God, I'm believing you for this. You promised me, God. If we have faith like that, we'll see God move. But if we have unbelief like this royal officer, who knows what will happen to us? We can be destroyed. And then we have the four lepers. I just love them. Isn't it amazing how God can use anybody? God can use anybody, even though they didn't profess to believe in God even though they didn't say they believed in God. The four lepers, they're sitting there at the city gate. They're, you know, talking among one another. And they're saying, what are we doing? What are we doing here? If we stay here, we're going to die. And they're talking among, trying to figure things out. And they said, but if we go back to the city, we're going to die there as well. Why don't we go and surrender to the Syrian army? Maybe they'll take us as prisoner of war, but at least we'll have food. And if they kill us, we're going to die anyway. Doesn't matter. I love them. They were at wit's end. Have you ever been at wit's end? Wit's end when you don't know what to do. Are you willing to take a risk? Because that's what they did. They were a risk taker. Sometimes we as believers, we have to be willing to take a risk. We have to take a risk. Even if it doesn't look like, you know, it might work, it might not. We could do this, we might do this. But sometimes God calls us to take a risk. I have found in my walk with Christ that if I always do what I've always done, I'm always going to get what I have. I'm not going to get any more. If I just keep staying the way I am, if I keep doing what I've always done, well, nothing's going to change. We got to get out of our boat. We have to get out of our comfort zone. We're too comfortable. We don't press in to receive all that God has for us. It's time for us to shift. It's time for us to take that step. It's time for us to come out of our comfort zone. You know, the lepers, was well, sad. I mean, they were leprous. It was contagious. People locked them outside of the city gates and they sat there all day and begged. And people were merciful and gave to them, and that's how they survived. But there was a famine. There was no money to be had. There was no food. So they, even their supply was cut off. They weren't working. They didn't deploy, uh, rely on an income, but they, they relied on people being generous and merciful to them. But they recognized, if we stay here, we're going to die. They were used to being excluded. They were used to being ostracized. They were used to being mocked at, I'm sure. But they were the ones who decided, I'm going to take a risk. Let's go. What do we got to lose? So they go out to the camp. They get to the edge of the Syrian camp. What do they see? They see tents, and they, they peek in the tents. No one's there. And they look around in a few tents. Nobody's there. Wow. And they begin to eat because there's food in the tents. 
They see donkeys tethered. They see horses. They see clothes strewn along the road. And they begin to eat until they're so full. They run and they take their treasures and they hide them. They dig a hole and they bury it. And they say, oh, let's just put this aside. They were like rejoicing. This is awesome. But then as they began to eat again with one another, they decided, you know what? This is a day of rejoicing. This is a day of good news, and we're keeping it to ourselves. We're keeping this. We're hoarding it to ourselves. If we stay here, a calamity surely will come upon us if we're not going to go and let the people know the famine is over. Who would have thought four men that were leprous would declare such news to the people? God is amazing. He doesn't matter what your status is. It doesn't matter what education you have. God loves you. God sees you. He wants to provide for you, and he wants to use you. God, he's a God of mercy. He's a God of love. So these lepers, they get to the city gates, and they tell the officers at the gate, we went to the Syrian camp. And we looked around, and there was no one there. But there's an abundance of food. There's an abundance of treasure. There's silver and there's gold. The famine is over. Woohoo! Awesome. So they, the gatekeepers, shout the news to the palace. You know, the king lived in a palace. He's in a palace. You know, we can have all these things around us, but if we don't have that one thing we need, it doesn't matter, does it? Doesn't matter if we have luxury. Doesn't matter if we have money in the bank. It doesn't matter if things look good. It doesn't matter if we are empty inside and we don't have God living in us, using us, breathing in us. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. The king was in his palace. They shout to him and they say, The Syrians are gone. They're not there. They're not in the city. They are gone, and there's food, and there's clothing, and there's gold and silver. It says the king was aroused at night. He woke up in the middle of the night. When he heard the news, he said, hmm, he tried to reason it away. Must be the Hittites and the Egyptians. They've got their army. Oh, sorry. That was the other one. Sorry. <laughs> Back up. That was before. I'm sorry. No, he said they must be hiding in the fields. They must be hiding in the fields. They're waiting for us to come out of the city, out of the wall of the city, and they're going to attack us. They're going to kill us. The king was skeptical. Can you imagine? The prophet Elijah declared this time tomorrow, but yet he still didn't believe. He didn't believe the word of the Lord. He didn't believe the word of the Lord. He had doubt. He had suspicion. He was that angry man. You know, it says, you know, about an angry man, if you have murder in your, if you have anger in your heart to your brother, it's like murder. And, and he was going to murder Elisha. So don't think, if you're angry, if you have anger, if you have those things and you find you're easily irritated by people, you might want to go to God and say, God, I want rid of this. Because anger is a very, very serious, serious thing to have. We don't want to have anger. But anyway, he says, wow, they must be ready to attack us. What are we going to do? One of the officers says, look, what can it hurt? Let's send out the five remain one of the five remaining horses that we have. 
Maybe don't have many horses left, but we're all going to die anyway. Let's get them to go scout out the land. Let's get them to see, is this really happening? Is this really what is taking place? And sure enough, the king agrees, and he says, well, I guess, why not? So they send out the two chariots. They go out. They scope out the land, and it is just as the lepers had said. The Syrians are gone. The land is full of, of spoil. There's clothing. There's gold. There's silver. There's food. The famine is indeed over. The famine is over. Praise the Lord. You know, in life, we can go through a famine. We can go through a famine in our lives, in our spiritual walk with God. But we can get to the place where we step out and we trust God and see the famine ended in our life. So what happens at this point? The people hear the word. There's food to be had. You know, they're starving. There's food to be had. I don't have to eat a donkey's head anymore. You know, donkey's head and dove's dung, well, it says in Leviticus that donkey's head was unclean. It wasn't proper for the Israelites to be eating that, but they were desperate. And I'm sure, as you can imagine, dove's dung would be unclean. <laughs> Can't imagine that. No, that sounds pretty bad. So they were eating unclean food, and now there's meat, there's food, there's wine. So they pick up themselves, muster the strength that they have left to go out and to survey and to see what, just if this is true. And the king appoints the officer, the royal officer at the door, and as the people run out, he's trampled to death. So it was said, just as Elisha had said, he saw it with his own eyes, but he didn't taste a crumb. Amen? When God pours out his spirit, we can see it. Some of us can see it with our eyes, but sometimes we don't even taste of it because our hearts aren't open to receive from God. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want it to be said of me that I stood there and I could have received from God and I didn't because my heart was closed, my heart was hard. I want to receive all that God has for me. And I know that you want to receive all that he has for you. But sometimes we have to come out of our comfort zone. We have to take a risk. So I don't know what it is that you might be experiencing today. could have the worship team. And maybe we can play that new song there. I don't know what you're experiencing today. I don't know what it is that you're going through. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Sometimes we need to shift. Maybe you've lost all hope and you're desperate. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. You're at wit's end. There's nothing in the natural you can do to help your situation. There's nothing in the natural. Maybe it's relationships. You know, your relationships are broken. Your finances aren't good. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. Don't be like the, like the woman who tried to work things out on her own. She went to desperate lengths. 
She went to desperate lengths. She took her own son. And you know, if she would have just waited a few more days, God would have came through and she would have had her son. Sometimes we do things that are so foolish, but in the natural, it seems the right thing to do. But God is wanting us to walk with him, to look to him, to trust in him. I don't want to be full of unbelief. I don't want to be full of unbelief like that royal officer and miss out. He didn't get to taste anything. He didn't taste a thing. God has so much for you. I know he does. He's got so much for you. God wants to pour out his presence in your life. But we have to be willing. Come on, it's time to get rid of complacency. I really feel that. It's, there's complacency in our hearts. And God wants to get rid of it. He wants us to be a risk taker. Why not risk it? Why not get out of your boat and test God and see what he does for you? Elisha, full of faith, he stayed there. He didn't flinch when he gave the word of the Lord. He didn't flinch. He just stayed there. He held the door. The door was locked. God, he knew God, God had his back. He was persuaded because he saw God move in so many ways in the past. He knows that God's going to come through for him that day. He knew it. God will come through for you, but you've got to believe. can't have unbelief. Can't, unbelief will destroy you. Unbelief will destroy you. It will take the things that God wants to do. Do you have faith today? Faith that God wants to save your family. Faith that God wants to save your loved ones. Faith that God wants to touch your body. You know, even as the leper said, if we die, we die. You know what? I'm at the point where I just say, God, doesn't matter. doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. If I die, I'm going to be with you anyway because I love you. Elisha had that faith. He's like, steadfast. He just proclaimed the word of the Lord. It's time to get out of our boats. It's time to test God. It's time to put away anger and bitterness, to let it go. Let it go. The king didn't believe either. He didn't have faith in God. He trusted in himself and what he could do. And, and he couldn't do anything. God took it all away. He stripped it all away. But you know what? In the end, isn't God so merciful? We see his love and his mercy is extended to each and every one of them. They didn't proclaim that Jesus was Lord, that God was king. They didn't proclaim that they loved the Lord. They didn't seek the Lord. They didn't cry out to the Lord. They cried out in misery. But God was still merciful. God longs to save his people. He'll go to great lengths, just like the song said. I love that song. He'll climb every mountain. He'll do what it takes to touch your heart, to reach your heart, to touch your life. It's time to get radical for him. It's time to cry out, do you want revival? It's not going to happen just sitting there doing what we've always done. It won't happen. You say you want revival, then we got to shift. we got to come out of our boat. we got to be a risk taker. It's time to take a risk. It's time to believe. It's time to believe for our unsaved children, our unsaved spouses. It's time to believe that God will do what he said he will do. Amen? Let's stand to our feet and let's sing this song. And if you would like prayer today, if you're desperate, if you want prayer, then come forward and we'd be happy to pray with you. Where's Ralph? 
He's over there, hogging the hell of a good dip for his big game ritual. Oh boy. Hey Ralph, can we get some of that too? Yeah, yeah, soon. Almost done. First the carrot, two taps and dip. Then the celery. Ah, yes, now the chips. All dipped in creamy, hell of a good dip. Mmm, delicious. Yes, it worked! Get the dip made with real milk and cream that wins every time. Not just good, hell of a good.